Welcome back to the Line to Gain Show podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon here with Mike Parker, as always. Uh, this is our fifth episode uh, reviewing week four and I guess looking ahead to week five of the 2022 NFL season. Mike, how you doing, man? Doing good. I also want to throw in like a review. We're at the quarter point of the season true, and true. I want to kind of take a look back, compare what our preseason picks were um, before, you know, before we football started and see where we're at now. What's yeah, changed. so you see some of our, uh, yeah. some well, of the things I think that we, we should evaluate change. at every quarter. So yeah. like at the half mark, after, at the end of week eight, at the end of week 12, and just kind of see where we're at and how things sure. progress. I like it. I do like it. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, I guess, hop in right in. Um, let's uh, jump into my gambling losses again uh, for this last week, This Mike. segment is affectionately called Where We Were Wrong. Where We Were Wrong. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Well, the the only game so I I didn't love any games from this last week. I, we did I did bet on a few, um, or I actually I just threw in a, like a five a five game parlay at the last minute. I did all money five line. Jeez. I did all money line, bro, and I took Minnesota. So they won in the morning in England. Uh, I took Buffalo, who that was that game was a little uh, dicey, especially at first. Uh, and thank God that uh, John Harbaugh is not a good NFL coach. Um, Come on. Bad decision at the moment. Bad, bad decision, bro. Yeah. That was terrible. Analytics. And thanks, thank God uh, my favorite uh, former Husky defensive back, Marcus Peters, let him know. Somebody made a good point. He follows analytics, right? But if you're going to follow analytics, you have to do it every single time. You, right. Whatever that script says, you do it. If you decide at some point to stop using it, all the effectiveness of one direction either use your gut your gut all the time and just like i'm not going to listen to analytics you're going to be get off my long guy or you're going to be you're just going to marry analytics i think if you are going to pick a direction you have to buy into it okay i think the ultimate way to go obviously is to have that balance between the two use that analytics but also understand momentum in games and mm -hmm. you know what points mean on the board in a particular situation what your defense has been doing etc sure sure yeah so i mean i guess he yeah he yeah anyway so got that buffalo win uh, took Green Bay. Green Bay, I, I, all these games were on the money line. Green Bay was minus 512 on the money line, meaning that you would have had to bet $512 to win $100 yep. for for them just to win the game. So, like, Vegas thought that was a, a blowout win for, for Green Bay, more or less. And, the I mean, uh, what, what's his name? Brady Zappi and the uh, the fighting Patriots, uh, or the, I guess the fighting Brady Zappies uh, almost beat Green Bay, which was just pathetic. Um, which will lead me to one of my takeaways. Uh, then I had Kansas City on the money line, which was a fairly easy win. And then, my, I mean, well, they didn't they win by like 15 points or 18 points or something? Yeah, but they had gotten up by, I think, like 21 or 24 yeah, at were, some point. It was, it was they're, they're pretty dominant, at least offensively. Um, which will lead me to another part of my uh, takeaways. Anyway, so $10 bet. I was going to pay out like $106 or something like that. Then I get to my last – so I had won the first four games. Last game, chose the Rams on the money line against San Francisco. And I could have taken like $73 they were offering me as a buyout on the bet. And I'm like, no, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to let it ride. Fucking idiot. I'm an idiot. Don't take a betting advice from me, people, please. So on the season, Mike, I am negative $45 in my personal bets – Mm. Um, and I know that we we had talked, and you're you're thinking about we're gonna 
put a hundred dollar kind of per per pick that we right we're going to kind of monitor what what our picks end up doing on a hundred dollar just assumed hundred dollar bet per game right so in that case uh for our predictions from this last week where where were you at on those that we that you made on the show yeah so i made three uh week four bets you know um each a hundred dollars we'll say my first one was seattle at detroit minus four and a half so the payout was minus 106 um i lost that obviously uh seahawks won outright uh by three you had detroit i had detroit minus four and a half yeah yeah. Um, there was very little defense in this entire game, Seriously. as you know. There was a total of 93 points scored in the game. That is the sixth highest this century in the in NFL. Crazy. Uh, these teams offensively were nearly identical in stats. You look at total yards. You look at first down, third down conversion, and fourth down conversion combinations. You look at um, touchdowns and all this. It, it, they were virtually identical. Running stats, passing stats. Um, Seattle basically won the turnover battle. They were plus one, had an interception to pick six. Right. It seemed to be the difference in the game at the end of the day. Tariq Woolen, man, he lo- he looks like he could be the real deal. Our secondary is raw, or Seattle's secondary is raw, right. but they look really good at times. So I'm, I'm excited they to do. see what they look like. I want to see how they grow. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if, if, I mean, I don't think we'll ever will see it at this point, but if, if there was a healthy Jamal Adams back there, I think that would change a lot on that Seattle defense. Um, and with Geno, uh, yeah, Geno Smith, that's cr- Anyway, all right, what were your other uh, – Yeah, so other so picks? like you, I took a hit on that uh, Rams-San uh, Francisco game. Yeah. I picked uh, the L.A. Rams plus two and a half at San Francisco. Okay. Um, San Francisco is the epitome of Dr. Jekyll, uh, Mr. Hyde uh, team. They, I just, I can't pick them on the right week. So I, I picked right. them um, against Denver, which I think is a crap team, and they couldn't muster anything more than ten points. They lost by one. Mm-hmm. I, um, the week week one, they lost in a an absolute monsoon of a rainstorm to Chicago. what I think is one of the probably worst five teams in the league they lose to them mm-hmm. they demolish the seahawks in san francisco um and then they end up demolishing the rams in san francisco maybe it's just home versus away i'm not mm-hmm. sure um I, I i'm just rethinking my nfc west division pick right now which Me was too. the was the the rams i'm there with you man they have the best defensive player in the league they have a top five defensive back in my opinion with jalen ramsey mm-hmm. the rest of the defense is inconsistent they seem slow they're not really stopping much of anything God, i saw my guy taylor rap from the university of washington just got burned by debo samuel on that like little seven yard dump off uh, that ran for a touchdown for like a and he broke the tackle with Jalen Ramsey yeah. the aforementioned uh, Jalen Ramsey yeah. and I mean offensively the Rams are like a mess Stanford seems out of place he doesn't know what he's doing or who he's throwing to he's not seeing the 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 game well right. that pick six basically it was a step back to Cooper Cup didn't even see the safety hadn't bid on the um on the out route and I just like those are the type of things that you have to be aware of if you're going to play at an elite level in this sport. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if right. they can get it uh, kind of they're, fixed. Yeah, they're a real Jekyll and Hyde team, like you, you know, kind of mentioned that. You know, you just pick them no, up. I think I the Rams are just playing up. bad. Do you I think really? the Rams are playing bad. I don't think they're Doctor and Jekyll. Okay. I think the San Francisco 49ers are okay, Doctor. Gotcha. You know, Jekyll and Hyde. But right. I think the Rams are just not playing up to where I think they. 
yeah. should have been. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit. They did win a Super Bowl last year. Um, but they're just – whatever they did last year doesn't seem to be translating into this year. It's really not. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. It's – yeah, it's, I, I definitely – I've picked them like three times this year in the four weeks. And I think I've gotten – only I've only hit on them once. They like It seems like every – I don't – I can't nail them down. Yeah. On what's going to happen. So my most – the pick that I was most confident about was Tennessee at Indianapolis minus three with the under of 43. I thought this this is going to hit. It's two running teams. They haven't really done much you know, defensively. There isn't a lot of speed or receivers on either team. Both quarterbacks are playing like trash, essentially. I just thought this was going to be... Um... Now... I was I was unimpressed with Tennessee's ability to run the ball the first three weeks. Right. You know, um, it seems like their uh, lack of overall team speed has obviously is not helping that run game. They're not creating separation. They're not getting, uh, you know, open downfield. They're not stretching that defense out a little bit. So everyone's focusing on that run. I just figured it was going to continue on. Uh, this week maybe i'm giving too much credit to the indianapolis defense but i thought they would have been able to you know kind of stop that um but as far as indianapolis i haven't been impressed with their play either um i just i i don't know what they're doing indianapolis had three turnovers all within their 30 yard line that led to tennessee points so they're putting their defense in a position by making these mistakes, they're putting their defense in a position that they're having to defend their end of the field over and over again. For three full right. p- positions, three uh, scoring drives for Tennessee, that type of play just puts it, you know, uh, out of, it just puts it out of um, reach. Yeah. So you had Indianapolis minus three and the under yeah. 43, and those neither of those hit? Nope. Okay, ouch. Not even freaking close. Ouch. All right. So that that net puts me down, you know, based on the hundred dollar uh, a bet. Um, I'm minus three hundred this right. week, and I've been I couldn't go back and track because I didn't know what the payouts were on my other okay yeah. on my other bets that I that I no worry yeah we'll just go so from I'm just here starting on. right yeah. now. I'm, I've, I've I'm now tracking the uh, the payouts based okay. on and now we're looking at it on tuesday i went in tuesday i go in tuesday okay. and get my get my lines i gotta redo that then because i keep doing it on wednesday and or you know the day we record just so i have like i've i just keep forgetting that you want to do it tuesday so. well i just want to pick it i don't have time wednesday to look right, at it right. tuesday's the day that i set aside okay. for myself so i'll I start just, yeah i'll just start looking at the the spreads on just tuesday. so we're That's on the fine. same page It'd right be nice. so yeah um and, and so my, for my three uh picks for last week i had the rams uh, plus two and a half at the 49ers as well, um, which obviously was a was a big L for me. Um, my other two, though, uh, were both winners. I had the Chargers minus five at the Texans. And, I mean, that looked like it could have been – the game was – this final score was closer than the game. But I think Chargers still won by ten. Uh, and then I had Giant, the Giants minus three versus the Bears, and that, that one covered with – you know, I think they won by seven or something like that. So, um, with that being said, I guess I am plus 100 on the on, on our uh, little season stats so far. Great. So That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll keep track of those going forward, and we'll make our, our predictions here a little bit uh, later in the episode. So, um, do you want to get into our takeaways, Mike? Um, well, before I do that, I want to kind of talk about some additional observations. It's more of okay. a where I was right. So, I really okay, covered yeah, yeah. two games here. 
So I have kind of a more detailed breakdown of that Miami-Cincinnati game. Um, as we know, Thursday games, uh, even w- they've been good matchups. Like, you look at both of the teams, they look, I go, I want to see those teams play, yeah. right? But the games aren't really that spectacular. Mostly, I assume, is because it's oh, you're only on three or four days rest from your previous game. Right. They're not allowing for the bye for the Thursdays. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it's a bad decision to play Thursday, you know, for, for player safety and player health. Um, but, you know, I guess we've got to get that bag is the, is what the NFL right. is saying. So with that being set down or set up, um, I thought that for Miami, this was going to be a classic letdown game. They had been playing outside of themselves for the first three weeks. And I just thought they're going to come into Cincinnati, a team that I was, I felt like was trending upward and just kind of like have a letdown game. Um, they were off to a really sl- slow start, only uh, scoring two field goals in the first 29 minutes of the first half. They did close out um, after Tua got hurt and Teddy Two Gloves came in. They did were able to muster a touchdown um, with nine seconds left. They did miss the PAT. Uh, they go in down 12-14 at halftime. Now, that's not that bad, right? You're still within the game. Even they, they even put another three points up later. So they end up being in that 15. They were down 15 to 20 with an opportunity with about six minutes left to, to go down and score. So they work down the field. They matriculate down the field, 60 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're on Cincinnati's 26. They're almost to the red zone. They're really in scoring position. They're they're going. They're they're doing the right things, and then Teddy throws a pick, like at the most really inopportune bad, yeah. moment. Um, they were attacking the seam, and it looked like there was a miscommunication between where Teddy wanted to go and uh, where uh, the tight end wanted, and the ball just was thrown to a spot, and it was picked off. Game over. Now. That sucks. Okay, we can recover. We're three and one going into week five. I'm not saying Miami's done or anything like that. They just lost. No big deal. Let's pick it up and play next week. The one thing that I'm concerned about is, uh, and to me, the bigger story of this game is the injury that happened about five at the five minute mark of the second quarter. Uh, Tua was sacked. He was whipped around and slammed on his back. You know, it looked like whiplash, um, hitting the back of his head square on the turf. Um, I'm not sure we'll know exactly what happens, you know, with his, with his, with the concussions and stuff. Um, but it looked like he had a seizure. It looked like, you know, he was like really bad. Um, and this is coming off what we all believe to be in a concussion four days prior. Right. So two major concussions in the, in the case of, in, in the span of five days, um, Tua has. And I just, well, and they say if you get a second concussion when your brain hasn't healed from the first one, that it's like devastating to your brain. Right. Or can be devastating to your brain. Now, I don't know about, I'm not going to get into the like grown men choosing to, to go out there and do this stuff right. anyway. There's guys that have done this. They've admitted to doing it. They would They admit to not changing any decision that they made. Maybe that's just the ignorance of man, humanity in general. Uh, I don't know. But there's a certain part of that that that's what they want to do. And I 
I'm not going to get in the way of a of an adult person's ability to make their own decisions in life. Right. But there are there has to be things in place. So obviously we knew we mentioned last week that the NFLPA had filed an investigation for the prior week's mishandling of it. Yeah. Apparently the independent neuro, neurologist was fired from that previous interaction and right now he's in concussion protocol TUA and is missing uh, week 5. So I guess and we're going in the right gonna, direction. Yeah, I mean, I think likely he's going to miss multiple games, I would imagine. I would think they would caution on... Um, I think it's almost going to be like an injured they would, a, a, a injured reserve type situation where he misses four weeks or something at least. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're going to put him on injured reserve. I mean, they might but, not put him on there, but I think it's going to be just... Sure. I think they're going to hold him they're gonna, for they're three gonna, or four they're, weeks. They're going to err ca- on yeah. caution. Yeah, yeah, and, and if that's even long enough, you know, I did have in in my um, kind of takeaways topic, I just read an article uh, that where they had interviewed him. It was actually a TMZ sports thing, um, which you know, some people laugh at TMZ, but they do get a lot of stuff and and talk to a lot of people. Um, and Doctor Bennett Amalu, who is the uh, doctor that Will Smith played yep. in the concussion movie, uh, he said. And I quote, if you love your life, if you love your family, you love your kids, if you have kids, it's time to gallantly walk away. Go find something else to do. Said Tua, my brother, I love you. I love you as much as I love my son. Stop playing. Stop. Hang your helmet and gallantly walk away. He should stop, the doctor said. Sometimes money is not more valuable than human life. $20 billion is not worth more than your brain. Uh, Amalu went to went on to say that he believes Tua suffered permanent brain damage with that second concussion on Thursday. Yeah, I'm not arguing that he's the expert in that regard. But here's the one thing I will uh, caution anyone else to kind of inter, you know to offer their own opinions. And here I am offering an opinion: is allow Tua the ability to decide to do that. Yeah. There are some people. There are some. Um, football players that have that warrior mentality that they're going to do it. They love playing. There's a passion for it that, that allows them to at least in their mind mitigate risk to go. I'm, I understand the risk. I love this so much. I love doing this, that I'm going to uh, take that chance. And I'm not going to say that that's great advice, I guess. But he's, he clearly doesn't understand that mentality. And um, I don't know if it's really his place to say that. I'd say yeah. state the facts. This is what happens. This is the scans I've seen. But his right. opinion on what Tua should or should not do with his life, let the man live. And let his family. He, that's a discussion he has to have with his family. That's a True. discussion that he has to have with himself, with his team. And, um, and then whatever decision he makes, you know, is... The fans and the critics, they should go, okay, man wants to play football. We're going to let him play football. He knows the risks. Yeah. Hey, man, we send these kids in into war all the time for no reason at all. They come back with no legs and no arms. I mean, like, what what yeah. are we doing here? Uh, agreed, man. Agreed. You have to make your own decisions. All right. So, so I wanted to talk about Cincinnati as well, the other yeah. side of this. Um, they were off to a rough start this year, 0-2. Um, then they came back one, two in a row. It was the, the big surprise for me was their loss to, to Pittsburgh. I thought that was 
going to I just was yeah. really shocked that they lost that Me game. Too. It Me was too. absolutely crazy. Um, that this bought, that bought Mitch Trubisky one extra week. Of, yeah, uh, which is and we talked about. I might have some comments on that later on okay. uh, in the in the pod. Um, it's funny because I I feel like the Bengals are kind of learning on the fly right now. They're figuring out their team. Burrow missed the entire um, preseason. He had an appendix removal surgery and didn't really play much. Um, I was listening to this other podcast uh last week and and from what i from what they understand burrow has a tendency to hold on to the ball uh the more he trusts his offensive line and if he doesn't trust his offensive line as much he'll get the ball out quicker so he does trust in this year at least right now he does trust that offensive line so he holds on to the ball a little bit longer he lets those routes downfield kind of materialize and if, because of that, he takes hits and he takes sacks and that leads to penalties and interceptions because you're you're missing your windows and things like that. I felt like this week they did a little bit more short passing, loosening up the defense, the integrated mix in a little bit, they're running um, and then take their shots downfield. Um, yeah, so I thought they did a they did a really good job, you know, with their game plan this week. And it looked um and they won. They came out yeah. with the win. No, they they did look pre- look pretty good for. I mean, I don't know if they win if Tua goes out. I think Tua maybe does better than Teddy Bridgewater, but um, at the same time, they did what they had to do to win the game, and that's all that really matters. So, all right. And with the Hurricane Ian, we have to check on uh, Eagle Island. Um, just I wanted to report that there was no damage um, on Eagle Island this week. That's good. Um, it was an ugly win wasn't yeah. the best weather um they were down 14 early but rallied back with 20 unanswered points by the end of the half uh ended up winning uh, 29 21 to stay undefeated um right now i think they're playing better than any team in the league i would have to agree with that all right that's what i that's all i had for my week in review okay well um so my takeaways mike from this this past weekend um, and I texted you this, I think, uh, at some point on Sunday, that at least about one of these two gentlemen, and, and I'm not going to be the first, and I'm probably not going to be the last, because it's happening eventually, but in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are about done. And it's for two different reasons, though. Tom Brady, I feel like he still has the talent around him, so he may still win some ball games this year and, and make a, a run in the playoffs. But you could just see, he—he's a—and I've kept—I've told a couple people my theory. He's a step slow, but obviously, Tom Brady's not a speedster. He's not by a step slow. I don't mean like necessarily physically. He's slower than he was. I mean like just you could see he's not reading defenses the same way he has in the past. From my perspective, Um, you know he's just—it's the—it's not clicking. He's getting hit more than he ever has been before. I think his offensive line has him kind of tippy-toeing around in the pocket and like getting rid of the ball early and just things, things don't seem to be going well there. I think eventually they're going to get it together enough that they're in that pretty weak division. They're still going to make a playoff run. They're still going to go, go pretty deep in the playoffs because I think the NFC is terrible uh, in comparison to the AFC this year. Um, don't think they're going to the Super Bowl by any means, but I, if, if they like made it to the NFC Championship against the Eagles... They're in the discussion. I could see it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Yeah. They're probably top three NFC yeah, pick for, for the sure, Super Bowl. For right? sure. For yeah. sure. But I still just don't think I, I don't think that that defense is really good. It is. It is. Really good. But I think, yeah, Tom Brady, I, it just doesn't feel like if something feels off. And I mean, the guy's what, 44, 45? This last game was the first time that he had Mike Evans and Godwin on the field at the same time. And didn't the, Godwin get hurt too, though, in that game again? Yeah, he had a stinger in his shoulder, yeah. but he was in and out. But, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm rooting for Julio I, Jones yeah. had a knee. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, so, and the reason I think Aaron Rodgers is done is because, I, I basically because of the lack of talent around him. And my question for you is, where in like where in the Venn diagram does it overlap? Aaron Rodgers making fifty million dollars a year, Green Bay being able to get decent receivers and and. Uh, uh, specialists around him and the team being good enough to still compete for a championship where where how small of a of an overlap is that um, i think it's minuscule well here's here's what i'll here's my counter to him i don't think he's done at all um i do think that currently right now they have a wide receiver problem there's a lot of drops and he doesn't trust them yet and they're still working that out but they probably have the best running back duo in the league they have an they have a really really good defense. I mean, uh, their offensive look, their they offensive didn't line look that good this week against New England. But I'll you know yeah I mean I I thought the defense was going to be better. They haven't really impressed me this year. On paper, I think they're good. I just don't I don't see it on, on the field. And I've watched quite a bit of Packers. I mean, I watched the entire Packers game this last week, and it just looked like a shit show. Well, they might. I think they have some issues on the back end. I think Jair Alexander's out at the moment, um, but I think their front seven are pretty special. Gary, in particular, that dude was. I like that guy a lot. Standing over Gary, the yeah. quarterback a lot this weekend, um, but you know, to my point, like I really think they're a better team. They're just working it out, and they're three and one while they're doing it. So I think. If you're saying, yeah, they're not playing up to their potential, sure, I agree. They, there's some things that they need to work out, but it's really nice to have a three-in-one buffer while you're doing that. True. That is true. I just, yeah, I don't I don't feel good. I, I don't know if I'm betting on either of these teams the rest of the way because I think that they either, A, they're playing down to their competition, or, B, they don't have the skill to get it. They're not and and Green Bay. It seems like they're favored by double digits every week right now. And I'm like, how are you? Like they could barely beat Brady Zappi or Bradley Zappi or whatever the hell the guy's name is from uh, from Akron or whatever that uh, you know was the third string quarterback was in this week. So like I get it. Like I, I figured that Green Bay would be huge favorites because they were going up against Brian Hoyer. And then when Brian Hoyer went out, I'm like, well, this is about to be a bloodbath. And then it wasn't. So it's like game went to overtime. I mean. So to your point, I think they're both facing some challenges this year. I wouldn't rule out either one of those quarterbacks at this point until I see some really a a lot of degradation in skill set, which I'm not seeing in either in either way. Um, I think they both have different challenges. Uh, I like I said, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers has to to work on trust with his team. I think Brady has that. I just think Brady, the team around him, isn't healthy. Now, will they get healthy? I don't, I'm don't. i not going to assume that because these guys seem to come in and get hurt right away. Right. It, it's the NFL. People get hurt. 
people don't play, the next guy has to step up. Mm-hmm. And if they keep getting hurt at the same position, you know, let's say guard and wide receiver, they're going to be limited in what they can do. So yeah. it depend- for, I think for that team, it's all about health. Yeah, and with Green Bay, I don't necessarily think Rodgers looks like he's lost and like he's had any degradation to his skill set. I just think that unless they can get – I just don't. Those receivers don't look like the guys that he's had no. in there in the past. It's like, well, give him a couple weeks and just wait to see he what happens. He is leading the league in uh, eye rolls <laughs> this year. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that is the 100% fact right there. So, All right, what, uh, do you have any other takeaways? Uh, well, week? I kind of – I didn't – I purposely didn't do takeaways okay. to um, at a high level because I wanted to talk about like our preseason picks for our playoffs, our okay. spots one through seven, and then I also did a uh, kind of power ranking um, that I wanted to discuss. So I was gonna okay. I was gonna keep this time for, okay. for those chunks. Well, yeah. Let me. Uh, I just had one other. Sure. Actually, two other. One of them wow, is you're full that of it today. I know one of them is very quick, and it's just I think more heads are definitely going to roll in the Tua Tagovailoa situation. Mm. The the independent um, examiner or whatever was already fired. The doctor that that was working with the NFL, um, and I just think like the Players Association, I, I believe, has already filed suit against the NFL um, for for allowing him to play and not having him in the, in the concussion is it, I don't know how it works. Is it the NFL or is it the team? I'm one of the, they filed suit against somebody. I'm yeah. not sure who, but yeah, there's, there's going to be some issues. I suppose I it's all the same. Yeah. It's a franchise. And I mean, yeah. I know I, Miami already lost their first round pick this year, but I have a feeling like some more draft picks may be uh, get, coming out of their pocket in the near future. And probably some, some well, their flies. owners already suspended, like can't right. be around the team. It's just right? crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's just there. It's, it's a, it's a wild situation. That's a lot to South happen Beach. when you're on a have a team that's teetering. Right. Are that can they be the second in the AFC? You know, East. Can right. they be the fourth, or their fifth or sixth uh, team in the playoffs? Right. Uh, I don't think they're going to be better than the bill the Bills. So I think they yeah. they aren't going to win the East. But are and they I in that spot? I did call that in my in my picks, yeah. preseason picks. I did have Miami as my number two team in the AFC East. But, yeah, I don't know, like, what this – this next four weeks with Teddy Bridge, uh, I'm just assuming three or four weeks probably. But, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm very nervous during this Teddy Bridgewater time with the team. But my other uh, big takeaway, Mike, is I, I just put down who slash what is Geno Smith. Like, what the hell is going on? This guy just won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award 10 years after he won the AFC Offensive Player of the Week award in New York with the Jets. Like, what is this guy? He played the worst defense, one of the top two worst defenses in the NFL this weekend. And the other one is his team. That's What, what about happened. Atlanta? I guess Atlanta last week, too, he torched. I mean, the guy's leading the league in, in, uh, no, in QBR. I get it. He's leading the this league in This is why I thought percentage. they could get to Crazy. seven wins, because the schedule sucks. We don't yeah. play good teams. Atlanta, I think, is even giving teams fits right now. They're 2-2, two and two, and I don't think that they, they should be 0-4. Like, they're not well, we, good. Yeah, we're just as easily could be. I mean, we've won these exactly. last two games like with putting up insane offensive numbers in shootouts. I, I had us beating the or Falcons. I guess two out of the last three. So, that, for me, that was a requirement for us getting to seven. Without that win, I don't think we can. I don't think mathematically we can do it. But 
we are going to be in these games because we do uh, we're playing really bad teams. I think eventually we're. I mean, obviously we have to play the um, the Forty Niners again. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Cardinals are better than us. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams are better than us. So I don't know if we're going to win a game in our division this year. Um, I'm interested. You know what's crazy to me? I I, I saw that we were uh, we. I mean, the Seahawks are playing the Saints this weekend in new orleans and i thought that they always gave the teams that had to play in in europe the next week off so i mean i wonder how that compares because obviously they they got done playing before seattle took the field on sunday but they didn't get home until probably i don't think we're starting buys yet to like week six yeah but that's that's like i I just always thought that was like the rule that that the teams that played in Europe had the net. That was their bye week was the next week. So well, you remember when Thursday games were kind of I don't wouldn't say random, but they were separated apart, right? Right. And they had this thing where like you had you came off a of bye and then played a Thursday game, right? And they so do, yeah. So to your point, they are just playing it and flying them all over the place, Crazy. and it doesn't matter. Play the game on whatever day we tell you at whatever location we tell you. They're, they're not really thinking about that anymore. Yeah, Jet right. lag and four days off and all this other stuff. Because, yeah, I wonder. I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. I could have looked that up. But I wonder what day New Orleans went to went over to London. And then I wonder when they actually got because They must have just flown back straight after the game like they do. I bu- so they actually talked about that. I watched the second half and they were talking about it. I believe Minnesota decided to fly in on Friday. And they were talking. I think New Orleans came in on Thursday. And th- there's oh, not a God. there's not a formula for what day you're supposed to come in. The idea for for Minnesota, I believe, was to fly in on Friday and basically stay up until Saturday until you're settled in um, with back on schedule for that era. So basically, oh. you stay up for like 20 hours and then you go to bed at regular time on Saturday. And then you do you come you fly in you meet with your family you do your walkthroughs mm-hmm. you have your meals go to bed wake up Saturday and have that practice before the game. All right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm interested. That's going to be an interesting game for me this week. So it might be on my list. Yeah. All right. So do you want to run through our preseason picks then now? Um, and where we're where we stand with those? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. I'll give I'll give you the floor. Okay. So uh, AFC. Um, I had Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, uh, AFC West, I mean. So, and, and I don't know, I don't think I'm changing any of those. So, I feel good about it. Even the are, you, are you giving me what you are ranking in each division? Or are you giving me your, just, your seven? Oh, do, were you doing, okay, we can do seven, my bad. So, I had Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Colts, and then I had um, Chargers, Dolphins, Bengals, nice. That's and that's for one through seven rank in and the AFC playoffs. Exactly. Okay. And what did you have on those? So um, before week one, I had the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals one, two, and three. That hasn't changed. I still think the Bengals are going to win the NFC North or the AFC North. Do you? Um, I had the Titans. I thought that I still think the Titans have the best coach. And I, I thought they would be a little bit more dynamic on offense. I was wrong. So I've I've moved the Titans out and replaced them with the Jaguars. That's the AFC South winner. It's going to take the four position. Now, I, I agree. I'm I'm taking the Colts out, obviously. Yeah. They're freaking terrible and making the 
Jaguars, the winner of that division as well. So my wild cards were Chargers, Ravens, Raiders. So I flipped out the Raiders. Um, With? Well, I moved the Chargers to seven. Okay. Because they're just so inconsistent. I kept the Ravens at six. um, And I moved the Dolphins in at five. Okay. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I just basically kept everything the same except for swapped out the Colts and the Jaguars had the Jaguars winning that division and I still don't see the Titans or Colts I mean even uh, Colts definitely not competing for the playoffs but I don't think that uh, Titans are gonna make it either so I think the Titans still have a shot there's no question oh yeah for sure Uh, I mean four 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 fumbles first time like in a hundred years or something like that for um, Trevor Lawrence this last weekend I mean if that continues on that trend there's going to be some problems with the Jaguars but right right now I still think they're playing pretty good and they played good for about the first half of the last game well the first quarter and a half um but yeah, I was. You must have like really ha- put a lot of thought into it. I was way higher on the Raiders than I should have been. Yeah, I think that's and uh, way lower on the Dolphins. And I think that's everyone else. I still kind of have in one form or rank or another. Right. Yeah, the Colts. The Colts shocked me. I mean, I, I, I know it seemed like the media narrative was really building them up to to make a Shit, to make my a own narrative. Yeah. Like just from my eyeballs. What I, I don't know why that in season. A hard knock, like really set it in my brain that this was a good team. I mean, they went off and rattled off four, four or five wins yeah. throughout that, and they they just looked really competent. And they were like this kind of lunch pail team that was really you know doing well together. And I just I felt like they could carry that. Um, but I have they. I mean, where are they now? They are forty two million in cap space for their offensive line and they can't run the ball and they can't protect the quarterback. I mean, they might've made a huge uh, miscalculation on spending so much money on their offensive line because they don't look good anywhere else or there for that matter. Right. They're not good at quarterback. They're not good at offensive line right now. Right. Um, They don't seem to be too good at defense. Uh, They don't have any wide receivers. Pittman is not a number one. No. Um, I think they're, there's, they well, have a lot made, of work He's to missed do. some time this year, too. And they already announced Jonathan Taylor's missing the Thursday night game. I was, like, really hopeful that after Javante Williams' injury that, that uh, the Colts would be able to, to get one on the, the Broncos. But and this is the now. thing with Russell. I mean, he should be 0-4. Like, he's playing, he like, crap. Yeah. And that team, that defense is good. Don't get me wrong. They're keeping him in yeah. these games. But they're not next-level elite. I don't know. Yeah. Well, where were you at with your NFC teams then? Um, so uh, I had the Rams at the at number one, Eagles, Packers, Saints. So I moved the Eagles up to number one. Just these. It, it, yeah. I'm thinking it's an overreaction, but they're four and zero, and they're playing better than anyone anyone else in football right now. So I got I got to give them the respect there. I got the Packers at two. I've I've moved the Saints out. I'm out on the Saints. I brought the Buccaneers back into the fold at three, and I right. moved the 49ers up to, to four. I think the 49ers are now going to win the NFC West. Okay. And I, I wrap up my um, my wild cards with Vikings at five, uh, Cowboys at six, and the Rams at seven. Yeah, yeah. So my, um, my seven were I had the Rams, Eagles, Packers, Saints – and then I had um, 
Vikings or 49ers, Vikings, Panthers as my five, six, seven. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm moving the 49ers ahead of the Rams um, in the NFC West particularly, um, but I'm going to drop the Rams down to um, – so the 49ers will be the three seed. It's going to be Eagles, Packers, 49ers, three, Buccaneers, four. Mm. And then I'm going um, Cowboys, five. Viking six, and I still like that seven. I'm just torn on that seven seed. Like I still do like the Giants, like to sneak in the no back door, way. bro. No I like. Way. I'm just trying to like go. I don't want to go just. There's chalk. no way the NFC East is putting three teams into the playoffs. Right. There is no so, way. But I don't. I don't know where that that. I guess. Oh, well, and then the Rams would. I guess would have to be the seven seed there. But yeah, I don't know. Man. Heads I, up. Would you? Would you? Would you straight out take the Giants over the Rams right now? If they were playing this week? Um, Let's say they're at their a, healthiest. I, I think they could give them a, a ball game. Mm. I, it wouldn't be a shock to me if, if they did win. Like, I mean, the Rams are not playing well right now. No, I agree. They don't look good. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I, I like that we're going to do this every, uh, every quarter and uh, see how, how see good how we, we are yeah. at this, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I took an exercise. I decided to um, look at and develop my own. We like making lists. Uh, we like putting people in buckets. <laughs> um, so I've decided to do that uh, with some power rankings. Um, so I've, I've come up with eight divisions, essentially, and then I've ranked them one through 32. So okay. my first division, this is the one through four teams. I'm calling Mount Rushmore. All right, so we have number one, Philly, uh, Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay. These are the top four teams that I see in the league. Obviously, Philly. You have Kansas City above Buffalo? I do. I do. Okay. I'll get to it. So Philly, obviously 4-0. They're playing better than anyone right now. They're running well. They're passing well. Their defense is playing great. I don't know if they can sustain this over the course of 17 games. There's probably going to be some ebbs and flows to that. Right. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. It's soft. So they, they may not play like a really, really, really good team throughout the entire year. Could go 13 and 14, get obliterated in the playoffs. Right. You just never know. But right now, my projection, Philly's number one. Uh, Kansas City, I think, is a better team than Buffalo. I think they've been at that top level longer. Uh, Buffalo still can't beat, hasn't beat them yet consistently. Um, Do they play this year regular season? I'm not sure. They have to because they were both number one in their oh, divisions right, last year. Right. Okay. Yeah, Come on, be, man. That'll be <laughs> a good game. That'll be a good game. <laughs> yeah, that'll be. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the decider, but well, I, and I'm I'm interested to see, you know, in that game, like Tyreek Hill was a huge part of that comeback for Kansas City last year. And I'm really interested to see how his ab- absence from that rivalry impacts Kansas City and, and you know, like how Buffalo's defense is able to, um, you know, take away other weapons, put more focus on Travis Kelsey, whatever the case may be. So, so I looked at some um, offensive-defensive efficiency ratings, and they basically combine those values, kind of rank them where they are, and then they calculate – who's number one or two in, in combination of those. Okay. So Buffalo is the number one team in efficiency rating, Philadelphia number two, and um, Kansas City number one. They're first okay. in offensive efficiency and like 13th in defensive. 
Um, Buffalo is like third in offensive and like eight in defensive. Okay. So there is going to be a good game. It could really come down to where it's played. I'm not sure you know where it's played this right, year. I didn't take right. a look at the at the, the schedule. Um, but right now, my eye test, I think Kansas City offensively is more consistent. Um, I've seen Josh Allen like be Superman and run it up the field and stiff arm dudes and you know take rip helmets off a of defensive lineman. But if I have to go on a two minute drive, I'm gonna pick uh, Mahomes at this point. Okay. And I think they have a scrappy defense. All right, All right. So Green Bay, I still think they're gonna find their way. So yeah. I'm out on your hot take with Aaron Rodgers and be Aaron Rodgers being done. Okay. I think that I think they'll figure it out. So we're Eagles, Kansas City, Green Bay, and what was the fourth? Uh, Buffalo Green uh, Bay. Uh, okay. Eagles, Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay. Right. Gotcha. Okay. What's the second tier? All right, my next division is contenders. So five through eight is Tampa Bay, Dallas, Cincinnati, and Minnesota. Okay. So the reason I put Dallas in here is because their defense has been playing exquisitely. It's and they special. probably have a top two, top three defensive uh, player on that team. Right. Um, so I expect them, again, have a light schedule. I expect them to kind of win some of these closer games. Trust me, I am not a Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't no, want to see them up. I know you saw up. the look on my face. When exactly. You I don't want to like, see them up this high. But okay. they're playing out of their minds right now. Yeah. Um, they solved their left tackle issue, bringing in Jason Peters. Um, I think they have a decent running back duo. Um, I'm, not, I'm out on Zeke Elliott. I like but Pollard. Pollard looks, I mean, Pollard does work. CeeDee Lamb's getting open and, yeah. he's, and you know, they're, they're making it work to my chagrin. Yeah. I think Tampa, like we had discussed earlier, I think they have the best defense in the league. Right. Um, it all hinges on offensive health, basically. It's health. Yeah. And I, I, and I guess this pick obviously is assuming that they get healthy and they get into a rhythm at some point. I think Cincinnati, those two losses, I'm going to toss them out. I think they're learning on the fly. It's fun to watch them play. It's fun to watch them learn as they go. I am a believer in Joe Burrow. Um, I'm surprised you're, uh, you don't have Baltimore a little higher. I got. To, I see some inconsistencies. We'll get to Baltimore okay. in a second. And another one I'm not really happy about, at 3-1, and one, Minnesota. I am completely yeah. out on Kirk Cousins. Hate but that him. defense is the real deal. They have a they have a great running back. They have a, a great they have a great wide receiver and a really good wide receiver in, in yeah. Thielen. I like their running back tandem. Really, that Andrew Matheson yeah. or whatever. He's a great. They look nice, and yeah. I I look I watch them against New Orleans, man, and they did not they did not uh, quit. Yeah, they did not fold. All right, so those are my contenders. Okay. So next next uh, division is we got next. So these are teams that like really are long shots, but they're right there. They're missing a piece or whatever. And then, you know, I expect them to move up. So that's San Francisco at nine, Baltimore at 10, Miami 11, and the Rams at 12. So San Francisco, again, Jekyll and Hyde, they're first in defensive efficiency, but they're they're not really there at all in offensive efficiency. Uh, they have some problems. Um, so it's really about who they're playing, where they're playing, what the weather's like. There's a lot of factors that contribute to those games. But I think that defense is is um, pretty darn good. Um, Baltimore, 
Like we talked about some of the coaching mistakes. We talked about that that floating floating like that pass in, the, that in the fourth quarter that that caused the uh, interception. Um, right. That's another thing with Buffalo. A lot of close games. A lot of last minute losses and last minute wins. I like to see them kind of get a pad going. Kansas City can put a pad. They can develop that pad. Yeah. Um, so Miami, same thing. Playing out of their minds. I think their defense is underrated. Um, they look really good. I like some of the schemes that they're running uh, with with Mike as the coach. And um, I have them at 11. And then the Rams. Again, I think they're underperforming what I would have predicted them this year. They don't yeah. look good to me from the eye test. But I, 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 I There's still something can't... there, though, that you can see, man. Like, they're, yeah, they're exactly. Too good they're to right this, there. They're too good to be this bad. You That's know, why, to yeah. To look this bad in the, in the first So I dropped them to seven in the playoffs. So okay. I still have them there. But, you know, 12, obviously, okay. in the in this. So my, my next division is long shots. This is uh, 13 through 16. I have Jacksonville, uh, the Chargers, the Browns, and the Cardinals. These are all teams that uh, at times look really good. and they can then definitely other, win some games. Yeah, and then other times are fumbling four times right. or you know have three grounding calls in the fourth quarter or lose in an overtime game to the Jets. Like there's something, there's like something that they're not, uh, they're getting here. So my next division, uh, 17 through 20, I called it the Seinfeld division. Like it, even Steven, remember okay. like that's his whole thing. He was just always even. He had like, when one friend was doing great, another friend would, you know, be doing really poorly. Right, okay. So he, he was always that equalizer. So there's the, the even Steven, we have 17, New England, uh, the Jets at 18, Tennessee at 19, and the New York Giants at 20. Oh, say the Jets again, bro. Zach Wilson's first comeback victory. Well, let me talk. I, I'm do, I ha, I'm going to do it for you. I'm doing a Zach Wilson watch <laughs> that will be coming up love in it. every single thing. Okay. I don't know if you'll love it because I, I will not. be calling out how bad he is. I know. Mike's right. texting me all Sunday like every, every chance he gets. See that, you see that stupid see interception that, that he that? Pick six. All right. Yeah. So um, the next division is the Pretenders. Those teams that I'm guessing look, the Seahawks are going to be in this. Stu- no, oh, even lower. Th- teams that look like, on paper, or you've seen flashes of brilliance. Um, this is 21 through 24: Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints, Las Vegas Raiders, and then the Denver Broncos. Okay. The next one is maybe next year. I, you know, guys. You, yeah. You're not ready yet. Yeah, yeah. This gotcha. is uh, 25 through 28. I have Pittsburgh, okay, Detroit, yeah, Atlanta, and Washington. Okay. I feel like you probably could have slipped Seattle into that division too. Well, but... it, it was a toss-up. And right. my final division, relegated. <laughs> These are the bottom four on the table. They get moved down okay. into like some minor league system. Okay. Okay. So this is at 29, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, 30 um the chicago bears carolina panthers and, and then houston texans got it i like it man are you gonna just gonna be uh like a running thing every every quarter of the season as well then yeah i'd be happy yeah. to throw this together every yeah, quarter and it. kind of throw it down yeah maybe next time i will uh i'll i'll give it my my breakdown as well and we can we can combat it a little bit 
All right, so I, I assume you took some predictions this week. Um, well, I did just my – first I did my looking forward, kind of just like the games I'm excited to see oh, this sure, weekend. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So the first game, Bengals and Ravens. I think this is going to be – Is it Bengals at Ravens? Uh, yes. Okay. But I think it's going to be – I mean, on paper it looks like the game of the week to me in, mm. in the NFL. Um, you know, excited to see how Lamar Jackson bounces back. Uh, Ravens are 0-2 at home. Bengals have won two in a row. Um, you know, uh, Ravens lost a tough one uh, to Buffalo this last week. They probably – they really had every opportunity to win that game and probably should have put it away at some point. Is there any quarterback that seems to recover better than Lamar Jackson? He just seems to like, all right, we're moving on to next week. Man, I, I cannot tell you how bad I want Lamar Jackson on the Seahawks next year. Well, I would do anything. I mean, I, but I would be – I would – be so happy if he was our quarterback but um so that's my first game did you have some games that you're looking forward to as well this week i kind of i kind of tied him into my predictions okay Um, well um i'll just run through my three then that i'm really looking forward to uh i want to see and i want to see seahawks and saints um (laughs) i i want to see what what gino is i want to see what he can do against that defense because that defense is nasty like they, I was thinking about that when I was uh, looking at lines and stuff like that. So yeah. you have a really good uh, Saints defensive line, right? Like Cam Jordan is like a beast, I know, right? Man, and then they have monster. a really, really, really good cover corner who I assume is just going to shut down Metcalf. Well, like, what what about the guy uh, Darius Slay? Was like everybody was hyping him up, and Metcalf like clowned him out on social media and was like. This dude's not Slay, Slay, down. Slay plays, plays for Philly. Oh, not Darius. My bad. Uh, uh, anyway, I'll I'll think of it. It's like Oka. Oh, Jeff Akuda. That's Akuda, who it is. Yeah. My bad. My yeah, bad. Yeah. So they were they were hyping him up, and I don't know where Darius Slay popped in my head from because he Did was he used to play, he, he for, used Detroit? To play for Detroit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So Jeff Akuda, everybody was hyping him up and saying he was a lockdown corner and. Metcalf's like he's got safety help over he's the like, top every beer. time. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then he went out and just <laughs> died. I mean, he looked good. Like the, the, and Detroit's defense just looked terrible. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see that matchup between DK Metcalf and and DK Metcalf. About DK Metcalf getting carted off the field to go use the bathroom. That was the crazy. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. No, look, think so. I go on. I've gone on jogs before, right? Uh-huh. Where like at some point you just gotta go. You gotta go, right? And I used to live in a place called Woodenville, and they had a trail, like a, a paved trail, uh-huh. and they had like restrooms and stuff along the way, okay. like parks and stuff. So you like occasionally you would have to stop. So I get that, like if he has to walk the half a mile or quarter right, mile to the bathroom, in. it could be really bad. Well, I think so it still was really once bad. Once they said it, everyone was like, this is lazy. This is king shit. I go, no, this is a guy that really had to go yeah. and knew he couldn't make the walk. Right, right. I get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it ha- it's happened to everybody, I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, so, and I want to see, you know, I, I don't think the Saints offense is much to talk about at all, but I'm interested. Like, the Seahawks defense is pathetic, so I want to see if they – it's just an interesting game to me. Uh, New Orleans coming back from from London, uh, you know, playing at home, like Seattle on the road again. Like what? I, I just want to see what happens. Should be interesting. Um, I, I was watching the game, the the Saints game Sunday, and I don't think Kamara is going to play. And I think their starting quarterback was Mark Ingram, 
who looks yeah. absolutely cooked. Um, they brought in uh, Murray, and he he's a much taller back, runs taller, a little bit more of a strider, but he seemed to break off a couple of big runs against that Minnesota defense. So depending, if, if New Orleans decides, I'm going to go back to Mark Ingram, I think we have a good opportunity, um, the Seahawks, to stop that. Okay. I don't think he's that good, and I, I'm positive that the Red Rifle isn't that good. <laughs> so I think there's potential that we can we can stop Is Winston them. back this week, or have you heard one way or the other? Honestly, I'm not sure it matters. Yeah. The one thing that they, they do have some pretty good receivers. Olave looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Michael Thomas. Michael is still Thomas. Doing, there. He, he didn't play last week either. Jones, so. is that the guy's name? The, the, their little slot? He's he's pretty good, so, too. Yeah, um, yeah they, they do have some good receivers. And, and when Alvin Kamara plays, I, I mean, that – the offense can do some things when, but if they're missing that, all those guys, it's they brought tough. him back. He looked like, like he wasn't ready. Yeah, he looked like he true. wasn't ready. In uh, my third game, Mike was um, I begrudgingly just because I was trying to come up with three games I was interested in watching. There's not very many good games uh, this week that, like on paper, anyways. But I took the Colts and the Broncos. Um, that's just, Thursday night. That's Thursday night. Not many good games. And, and I actually took this game before I saw that Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing. So rethinking uh, that. Yeah, now. I don't know if I'm even. I mean, I'm going to probably watch just because it's NFL football on a Thursday night. But um, and there won't be any baseball on at least until Friday. So so NFL is like out. a different animal, you know. Like the NBA, they have those um, those games where you're watching like Sacramento versus the Clippers or something like that. But you really want to see how a particular player does right. like when new Orleans was not doing very well, I really wanted to see who Zion Williamson was. Right. So even though it's the rest of their team's crappy and they're playing a crappy team, like it was fun to watch those NFL is a little bit different because it's such a team game. It's hard to like, Oh, I really want to see their left tackle work. I really want to see their tight, you know, how good this tight end is. You can't, it's right. hard, especially when they have a bad quarterback. So yeah, I yeah. hear you. All right, well let's uh, let's dive into our predictions then, man. Let's uh, let's get into. It. I know you said you had five this week. I, I picked five. I only did three again, okay. so I apologize. I, no, well, no, I I didn't tell you I was gonna. I wanted to kind of open it up a little bit and take okay. some chances. Um, and I was using this uh, segment uh, for to kind of discuss some of the games that I'm looking forward to. And well. uh, just pre warning, I did my lines from today. So going forward, I will make sure to do them from Tuesday. We'll just uh, roll with it this week. And, and they uh, they move because I had them set on on Monday when I first looked. Well, I heard the Eagles game moved like seven points in the last four days. It went from, I think it went from the Eagles plus two and a, or a minus two and a half to like minus six or something that's, or that's seven. Bonkers, I don't yeah. know what it was. Hey, I didn't choose that game, but yeah, go ahead, man. So Let's, my uh, first one was the aforementioned uh, Seattle. I took them plus five and a half at New Orleans. Okay. Um, I think that one's down to five now, and I almost went with New Orleans, but I, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. I think there's an opportunity for Seattle to steal a game um, here. I don't think they're, like I said, I don't think New Orleans offense is very good. Right. I think if we can block, we've been blocking pretty well. Uh, Rashad Penny's looked pretty good. If we can contain that rush and we can mitigate uh, Lattimore, I think we have an opportunity to win this game. It's all going to ultimately be on how can we, how well are we running? 
uh, how well is play action working and can um, Geno Smith hit his targets right. uh, for we probably need two, three big plays downfield to kind of loosen up that defense. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how they play. All right. Uh, my first game was uh, I took the Titans minus two and a half at the Commanders. Mm. Um, I just think traffickers. That, yeah, traffickers. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's probably a get right game for for uh, the the Titans and and Derrick Henry and uh, Ryan Tannehill. So I think not Tannehill. He looks horrible. Yeah, he needs to get right, though. What, what did I saying. have him for this last week? I just don't think he gets right against this team. He had 137 passing yards or something, and a touchdown Oof. last week. Yeah, they need to run the ball. Big time. To get him opened up. All right. So, yeah, that's that's my number one pick was uh, Titans minus two and a half at Washington. Awesome. I have uh, New York Giants at Green Bay. Now, this game is in um, London. I have Green Bay at minus eight and a half. I think we're minus seven and a half when I looked on Monday. Mm. I'm still taking Green Bay in this game. I think they're closer to 10 now, too. Yeah, I think uh, the Giants don't have any receivers. Like, they're all injured. I mean, they have people that will take the field, but right. no one of consequence. Um, where, where's Danny, Golden Tate when you need him? <laughs> get dunked in a garbage can or something <laughs> by uh, Percy Harvin. Um, Danny Dimes coming off an ankle injury. Tyrod Taylor's in the you know yeah. concussion protocol. Um, I I just think, like I talked about earlier, I think I'm I think Green Bay's defensive front is good, and I think, like I said, Gary is a terror. Yeah, if uh, they can take Saquon Barkley, away, I think they're going to load the wrap. box and take it yeah. away. It it like you said, it's a wrap. This is the first time Green Bay. This is the 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 thirty second team to play in London. Every at this point, every team has played in London. Uh, we'll see how Aaron decides to to play this week. You know, I uh, definitely had that one on my radar. If it would have been five and a half, Green Bay minus five and a half, I probably would have taken it. But I just I hate going over a touchdown. Really it's hard. For anybody, it's hard. And I that, hate betting on a team, especially after last week against Brady Zappi and the freaking. You know what's crazy Patriots. about that is, despite that, that that spread is increasing. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's, it's there's no money going down on the Jets and that should probably tell or you something or the Giants yeah, yeah that should probably tell you something yeah exactly so this uh, one was a lot tougher for me Atlanta at Tampa Bay minus eight and a half because like we talked about earlier Atlanta just seems to like hang in there they do. and they'll probably lose this game because I'm and not what was the what was the spread minus eight and a half yeah see I just it's, I but I don't too. think they can move against this defense. I uh, think Mariota's like it's a fumble and two picks, easy. Um, and I took the over at forty-eight and a half as well. So this is a parlay. Okay. So um, I picked two. Yeah, parlays I could see this. those. I could see both of those teams scoring some points with now that Evans and Godwin are back, and you know. I think Tom Brady's going to make a statement this week, and I think they're going to do it against. Uh, he usually does. So man, so when people Atlanta start defense. talking. Yeah. When people start talking. Well, it's like, like divorce stuff coming out. They're getting Ooh, lawyers. Yeah. It's a whole thing. He's going to focus fully. Yeah. On on football this week. So, um, yeah, yeah. What's what's your final one? Well, I got two more. Actually. Oh, two more. I have uh, so I had Jacksonville minus seven uh, versus so you have Houston. Four? I have three. I did Titans. Uh, Washington was my first one. Jacksonville versus Jacksonville mm. minus seven versus Houston is my second one. Ooh. 
Um, I just think I don't like Houston, man. I think Houston's terrible. They're tough defensively, though. Yeah, they're right I just there. I think Jacksonville is. I think they're. I know they didn't look great this last week. They they, they came out hot, and then yeah, I mean. So this is a throw. Kind of a last week's game. a throwaway game for you. You, I, you, you still think? I really the real think. I, I think you were on to something when you had Trevor Lawrence in your kind of top or that second tier of quarterbacks. Top, after, yeah, after I think I said. Guys, I think I said top. Like seven or something. Top eight is what top I said. Eight, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right on with that. I think he's really, I think he's going to keep improving as the season goes on. And this, because I, I think Doug Peterson is a quarterback whisperer, and I think like, I he's so. he's going to learn. I think he's going to. It was a teachable moment this last week, and I, I'm anxious to see what he can do against Houston. So cool. I'm, I'm going with them. Yeah. So what was your next one? You got two left. Yeah, two left. I have uh, San Francisco minus six and a half at Carolina. This is not so much me saying San Francisco is an amazing offensive team. It's me saying Carolina is disgusting. Fire. Yeah, they're really bad. I also took the under thirty-eight and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, my next one is Steelers plus fourteen at Buffalo. That's just a lot of freaking points and. I think Kenny Pickett's going to get his first shot at being quarterback. A lot of times these young quarterbacks come in and look pretty good in their first couple games. They either look really good or really bad. So this is either a great pick or one of the worst picks of all time. But I just think, um, yeah, I, w- I think I would lay the points and – or, uh, you know, take the points and the Steelers in this one and, and see where see where it lands at the end. There you go. My final pick, Las Vegas at Kansas City, minus seven and a half. Um, I'm hitting this all day. I have, don't think Las Vegas has a chance no. to win I, this yeah, game. I think, I think it's a boat race. Yeah. I just feel like the Raiders' backs are against the wall right now, so they make me really nervous to bet. Have you ever them. seen a Raiders team? Well, I guess to that point, I just I never seen them consistently good. They are yeah. un- really underperforming. They they have an okay outside pass rush. Their secondary is trash. They had a good running game last week, but I'm not sure they haven't up to that point. They can't seem to get on the pay, same page with Carr and uh, Devontae Adams. I don't know what's going on with that. And they yeah. really don't have a lot of depth at receiver outside of that that mm-hmm. duo there. So I, I just don't, yeah. I don't know where the points are coming from. It'll, yeah, it'll be – it's – I just that stuff like that. Cars back to not taking chances. No, it's true. That's very true, which makes me think like they're gonna. I mean, like I said, their backs are against the wall. You're one and three right now. Like, well, you can't. If you lose another game, your playoff hopes are gone. I mean, they're they're evaporated at that point. I would think. Yeah. So they they need. I mean, they they desperately need that win. So that that's the only thing that concerns me about that one. But no, good good picks, man. I'm gonna be interested to see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, let's move on. I guess what to our conspiracy, conspiracy corner, corner slash hot yep. takes. Yeah, all right, let's go. You want how many do you have? I have four. Well, you run through a couple. I only have one. Okay, so and I'll do one. My first one is kind of just like a. I don't think the NFL really wants a clear replay. Um, every time you see like the toe tap, it's like watching the Zapruder film, right? It's like blurry. Uh, the second foot went back into the left, right. back into the left. They're just rewinding it back and forth. And you just really can't see where the toe and the, and the turf connect. Um, I just, I don't get it, man. I, with the technology we have, we can see how many people are in an SUV in the Colombian jungle from a hundred miles up right. in the atmosphere. I don't know why we can't see the pixels and the blades of grass 
on a, a catch in the back of the end zone. We right. have 85 cameras focused on that one player. Yeah, I just don't get it. You know, it always it always throws me off now when, um, you know, a, a guy catches the ball and his toe, two toes are down, but then his heel comes down and it's out of bounds. I'm like, if he got two toes down before his heel came down like that, shouldn't that be a catch? But then I don't know if that, I just don't like that. Just keeps, I've seen that like three times already this season. And I just don't ever remember even questioning that before. But now I'm like, maybe I just. You know, what's funny to that point is if you do the toe tap and then you take the big step out of bounds, it's a completion. Right. But if you do the toe tap and your heels drop on the line, it's not. Right. So if you catch it, both toes, and then take a huge step off to the side. Out so of you've bounds. established, and then you've moved on, yeah, as opposed okay. to like establishing it and the catch. I just have never, I, I've never seen that that this many times in a season yeah. so far. And it's I mean, a these game guys of are inches. getting, yeah, it's a game of inches. So, these guys are getting so good at that too. So. Yeah. So my second one is uh, Ezekiel Elliott's contract is the worst in the NFL. Woo. All right. He signed a six-year, $90 million contract extension in 2019 that extends him through 2026. Mm. Um, this year, his cap hit is $18 million. Oh, um, from it's 16 next year, 14, 17, and 16. So far this year, he only has 227 yards rushing, 27 yards receiving and one touchdown. Wow. And when, frankly, when did they cut him? That's my point. I was trying to figure out like when can you cut him without taking money? Yeah. When does the dead money? He has like 40 enough? million in dead money for like the next three years. Oh God, man. They Jerry have to Jones is not a smart man no. when it comes to NFL personnel decisions. That's tough. It's a tough one. That is it's a really tough. tough. Yeah. All right, my one conspiracy thing. So I don't know how I missed this, but uh, not this, not in week four, but week three when um, Buffalo and or I'm sorry, when Green Bay and uh, Tampa Bay played. The prior week, Mike Evans had gotten in a fight or started damn near a brawl, uh, and then not he, damn near. Yeah, I mean he did start a brawl, uh, and then was uh, subsequently suspended for a game. Well, John Runyon is the guard for the Packers. His father, John Runyon Sr., is the NFL's vice president of rules and policy administration. And he was the one who handed down the one-game suspension against Mike Evans. And so, like, apparently uh, Buccaneers Twitter was going nuts about how this was all a a conspiracy to keep Mike Evans out against his son's team and da-da-da-da-da. I just thought, like, I had no idea his father was uh, worked for the NFL in the first place, but that he was handing down suspensions. And that was just, Lattimore thrown out of the game, too, or for the I next believe, week? I don't know. I, he played last week, I'm okay. pretty sure. Well, Mike, uh, didn't Evans play last week? Oh, maybe it was, it was two, two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. Yeah, I'm not sure if Lattimore was suspended or not. I guess I should have done a little more research, but still, it's kind of funny. I mean, it was just a funny thing I it's saw. Very pop interesting, up but that, yeah. That, that, but it was they'll just Buccaneers. Glom onto anything. Oh, Buccaneers <laughs> Twitter. Don't don't <laughs> no, get me not. started on Mariners. Uh, Mariners Twitter will uh, not, tell you how Bob Costas is the biggest. Uh, just hates the Mariners, no matter what. <laughs> I know that he hasn't called a Mariners game in 25 years now, or whatever it's been. But anyway. All right, so I'm starting a new segment here in the hot take um, or you know conspiracy corner, and it's called Zach Wilson Watch. So <laughs> I took an opportunity to look at his numbers this week, and you know they look like shit, but they won the game, and he uh, 
basically contributed 12 points to the game. So Just win, baby. Uh, I guess, but eventually that catches up with you. So he was 18 for 36. That's 15, 50% completion. Uh, he had one touchdown that he threw at the end, you know, towards the end of the game. Two picks, one of which was egregious. Um, but he had a bonus, rece- bonus receiving TD. So um, also he hit the gritty, the little dance move. I'll give him a six and a half on it. I think uh, John Morant and uh, Justin Jefferson do it like uh, exponentially better. Um, So that brought up like another question, like what's your favorite like touchdown uh, celebration of all time? I mean, it's, I feel like it's gotta be the icky shuffle. Probably icky shuffles. Good. Okay. It's really good. I wasn't even thinking of that one. That was my favorite one when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's one that I could do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a real, that's a really, what's your favorite? Well, I was thinking like, what was my favorite one? I think right now there's nothing just more adorable than Jalen Waddle's touchdown dance. That just, I stand up and do it. My my wife looks at me like, what (laughs) the hell are you doing? I've been there. I love it. I love it. I love the Waddle. Um, But, you know, T.O. is probably always my favorite. He was the most creative, did some cool stuff. It wasn't the same thing over and over again. Signing the ball. He had the pen in his socks, the the popcorn and taking the pom-poms. Doing the 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 tea right. um, on the Dallas on the Star, Dallas yeah. Star, like all these little kind of things that just get under people's skin. Right. I thought it was, he was pretty creative in what he did. I, you know, I, the the other one that I always liked was like the Tony Gonzalez just dunking the ball over the. Yeah, over the I thought it. Yep, I, I thought about that one, one too. I thought. <clears throat> Those um, are probably my two favorite: Icky Shuffle and, and dunking the the ball over the goalpost, which you can't do anymore. Right, which yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, it takes like. St- seven people to get that thing like leveled back out again right that's true um all right so one final thing i don't i don't have a lot of it's just i'm trying when i evaluate quarterbacks you try Mm -hmm. to find things that separate you know who's good and who's elite and who just isn't cutting it and we rank and we try to you know try to evaluate as best we can one of the things that i've noticed with some of these quarterbacks and this is what I one of the factors that separate, you know, good, great elite quarterbacks from backups and just middle of the road quarterbacks. And that is the ability to feel and or see or pay attention to backside pressure. Okay. Um, I've watched a lot of quarterbacks taking that drop and not noticing that their left tackle was beat. And are about to get pummeled. And that leads to fumbles. That leads to deep sacks. That leads to injury. And the good players, like Tom Brady, I don't know if it's a clock that goes off in his head or he just knows, like, when I hit this step and I bounce up twice, I got to get out of there if nothing's open. I got to find, I got to shift into the pocket. I got to do something. So maybe he just has an inherent feel for it or something. But, you know, players like, Baker Mayfield. I always I, I call it blackout. Like they don't see what's coming. So they take that deep drop and they stand there like I got this. I'm going to fire this ball down the seam and it's going to be great. And then I it, boom, he goes down and then fumbles and I just yeah. like I think that's a a factor we should look at. Take a look at the games over the next couple of weeks and watch when that quarterback drops back and see that backside pressure. Do they do they get out of there? Do they feel it? Do they step up in the pocket? 
um, like what what's their behavior or do, are they just completely blindsided yeah. and start seeing like what guys can do it well what guys can't and well you know just let's let's do some observation on yeah, that I'm with it I like that I just came up with that today I was just like thinking about like quarterbacks and what you know differentiates good ones from yeah ones. no I'm, I'm interested let's uh yeah we should definitely keep an eye on that all right that's all I had you want to talk about some diversity yeah man uh I got a couple um that I uh, I kind of checked out this week. Uh, the first one was a new Netflix documentary called Human Playground. Mm. Um, it's a six-part documentary narrated by Idris Elba, and it's got a lot of like the the places they go to kind of cover these very kind of outside the box sports and like a different look at sports. Really, um, like the first episode is called Breaking the Pain Barrier. And they go to Morocco where there's this, like, um, what do they call Like an ultra marathon where they, the, the runners run like 156 miles in a week mm. across the desert mm. in like 120 degree weather. Yeah. And they are documenting this woman um, who is an amputee running this race until she finally just like breaks down and can't do it anymore. Um, and then they're, they covered another woman in... And that was the thing. It wasn't all women, but it was, like, heavily, like, uh, female sports um, directed in this one. They they covered another woman who, in this this first episode, Breaking the Pain Barrier, who um, had been raped or sexually assaulted at some point. And um, she started doing uh, diving. Like, she found Wim Hof. She was going to kill herself and found Wim Hof and started doing his breathing techniques and then started doing these like ice plunges um, and almost died during one. But then it's like just this healing process for her. And it's basically like how, you know, it's, it's technically, I guess a sport, um, but it's just her kind of competing with herself and her kind of inner demons or inner uh, thoughts that are troubling her and like how she's able to break through that thing by doing these breathing techniques and and going in the ice and then there was another one where um on that same first episode where there's uh they finally are letting women compete in i'm blanking on the name of this um bicycle race in france that basically goes over all these old cobblestone paths through the the countryside and it's like the most dangerous thing ever They, they haven't let women participate until this last year or two and i mean people like one person wipes out and like they're they're the the paths are essentially like a crown they call it so it's like like it's a um you know like there's a peak in the middle of the path and then the two but the two sides it slopes off and it's all cobblestone so you're like constantly like the bike is shaking yeah, yeah. and uh when it gets wet you're slipping everywhere it's front just, tire goes in oh, the gaps it, between the people co- cobblestones. And, and like do you think there's like bad wrecks during like the tour de france or something that's nothing compared to this yeah all right and then another episode of it had the uh, it was called pursuit of perfection um they they talk about like these different sports where you have to be so precise with your with everything has to come together just perfectly they go to i think it's called nazareth in portugal where the surfing spot i know me and you have talked about it's nazarene nazarene okay yeah Yeah, my i couldn't remember the name um but there's a uh, a female surfer that um almost died there 
seven years ago or something and then yeah yeah it's on it's it's on the hbo documentary of big wave surfing or whatever it is look it up we've talked about that yeah i forget we'll find out what the name is six parter yeah yeah um but yeah so this woman goes there and they they document her like catching the highest wave that a woman has ever caught in like 80 something yeah it's like 80 some feet exactly uh but but the you know the conditions there have to be just perfect or i mean like hundreds of surfers have died in this place right like it's it's like one of the most well what it is it's a it's a fishing village essentially right right um but during like november when they get their weather um there's these gigantic uh caverns um a trench in the rock that extends out into the ocean and when the waves come in they channel into this uh into this trench and basically that creates these massive waves right. that crash up against and they have like a like a i guess it's a fort or church or whatever it is this building on this peak and you can see in the photos like sometimes the waves are like they look like they're going to just engulf this this building yeah. it, they're massive it, it's insane and like the the i just suggest anybody go check i'm only halfway through it it's beautifully done the the images that they capture like in morocco and and these different places are i mean it to me felt like a cross between like the uh like the blue planet documentaries Mm. how they got so many like like i know when like blue blu-ray first came out that was like the thing everybody had you have to see the blue planet movies it looked very Blue Man, Panda going back to 1994. And, I know, and no, I was like 2000 or 99. No, or Blue. I was working in a blockbuster in okay, 93, well, I, I might not be talking when, about Blue Planet. I'm talking about the ones that came oh, out. Oh, you on said DVD. Blu-ray. Oh, I, oh yeah. Right. Well, Blue. Yeah, Blu-ray came out. And, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. right. I bet. I'm thinking. For some reason, I'm thinking all, of laser discs. <laughs> laser. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Okay. I'm dating myself. All right. <laughs> all right, and so yeah, I just I suggest anybody go check it out. It's very. It's it's a it's a very cool like different look at sports i think so awesome i'll check it out yeah it's it's worth the watch for sure it's like six parts i think they're 40 minutes each so it's now i did not consume anything anywhere near as uplifting as you did (laughs) i watched i watched the dahmer oh god man i haven't been able to do it um uh, with Evan Peters as the lead character. Mm-hmm. Um, you may know him from as Quicksilver from the X-Men movies, kind oh, of the okay. reboots. And he was also it, well-featured in American Horror Story series. So oh. um, it was an interesting series. Peters was like, I'm not sure what movie he was in, but just like he, I never met Dahmer in person, but man, is it, he was definitely doing something. And it was weird and quirky and interesting um clearly he had really bad parents that were really into their own thing and um, was quite neglected in a lot of ways um it seemed like his mother was and i'm not i'm not being a Dahmer defendant here i mean there's a lot of things that they didn't discuss you want you want brett Favre out of the out of the hall of fame and you're uh Defending Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm just well, both. Go, go ahead. I'm not defending. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> but I definitely want Brett Favre. Go ahead. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things that they didn't cover. What Dahmer did in real life that they didn't cover in here because it okay. becomes too much, right? To, to, I was I was going to ask like, how is it like super gory? Or it's I mean, not what? gory. No. Um, there's some weird shit that was done. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he had you know sexual in- intercourse with dead bodies and things like that. Mm-hmm. He ate people, so there was. 
a, a lot of things. They didn't go. They they talked about it. They implied it, but they didn't really show much. Thank goodness. That's good. Um, but it was really kind of a story about where he came from and how he kind of became this. And his dad was kind of a narcissist, and his mom was, you know, back back at a certain part in our American history. There's a lot. I mean, before that, probably there was a lot of women that ended up being in relationships a little bit too young and having kids you know younger than they wanted to and not really being able to realize their own path and their own dreams and kind of get sucked into these like relationships and lives and just not being really happy um, and being treated by medication and antidepressants and all this other stuff and just not feeling like they were happy where they were and I don't blame people for for feeling that way. And, you know, because of the times, you know, you, you did what you thought was right in that moment. But it really felt like his mom did not want to be his mom and his mm-hmm. dad's wife and all that kind of other stuff. And she kind of bailed on him. Well, bailed on the husband by, you know, I think Dahmer was like 14, 15, you know, 16, 17, 18, like in that high teenage area and just kind of left him. And um, it was just really interesting to kind of see um, what turned out to be a roughly 20 year span of, of his life and uh, the court case. And so where did, so what does it cover exactly? Like from his, like the touch on his childhood then? Well, the beginning? it's kind of a flashback scenario. So okay. really what they were covering is the, the, the period of time where he was active. So okay. he was 19, I believe, when he made his, you know, he killed his first victim. Uh, he took some time off. Um, and then... And how old was he when he got caught and, like, put in jail and then subsequently killed? Uh, the age, uh, he was born in 1960. I think he was caught in, like... So, like, early 30s. 84. Oh, was it that early? Yeah, okay. 1984. So it was, um, he wasn't that old. And then he ultimately was murdered in prison right um so they they talk about all of those things but it and in one of the other key things that they really wanted to make a point of is the ineptitude of the uh, milwaukee police department um he lived in a predominantly um black neighborhood um his victims were predominantly black or people of color um he basically went after what you would call a, a mitigated or a, a mitigated part of society that police didn't care about, the news didn't care about. What, what, like, who was it that he was going after? I don't even really remember. Men, like, like gay men, men of color. Okay, gay men of color. Or what, were they gay or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Wow, that's uh, that's heavy, man. And I didn't think I'd like it. I mean, I watched the first couple, and I'm like, okay. Did you like it though? Um, like if I'm talking prestige TV that I would recommend, um, I would probably not count it because it, it it ultimately is not my bag. Yeah. Um, but if somebody says, I was thinking of watching this, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I would check it out. It's, it's good. It's really good. That stuff like creeps me out so bad, man. I'm not like a big... Especially true stories about stuff like that freak me out more than. Well, that's the one thing fiction. you have to. You have. I always have to like keep in mind is it's like based on a true story, and I know that they're trying to do service to the victims and trying to keep everything as true as, as they can. But they're also 
to some extent making Dahmer himself a bit of a protagonist in this in this story. So there, that's problematic, right? Um, but it's just you know from an entertainment standpoint, it was it was a good. It's good. There's some you know fact we you know we as things were happening, we looked at dates and we looked at times and we looked at the things that were happening and and the order at which they talked about it and they're pretty they're nailing down the timeline pretty accurately so um in that sense um it's kind of a history lesson in a lot of ways so um that's kind of the way i approached it interesting interesting uh yeah one of the other things that i got to watch this week and i want to give a quick shout out to my uh buddy chairman willie frank the third of the nisqually indian tribe who uh texted me yesterday and was uh which would have been tuesday uh october 5th let's say fourth sorry tuesday october 4th and was like jeremy turn on espn2 right now and so i flipped over there and got to see an exhibition game between uh the g league ignite and the french league team metropolitans 92 uh the exhibit or uh the G League Ignite team has uh, a point guard, young point guard named Scoot Henderson, who is from Marietta, Georgia, and he, um, it was the first high school player. He left his high school and as a as a junior, he signed with the G League Ignite. So he's a senior now, I believe, or maybe he's like his. It, yeah. Anyway, he, so he'll be in the draft this coming year. And then the, the real prize, though, was getting to see this Metropolitan's 92 player, Victor Wembanyama, uh, 18 years old, power forward slash center, 7'4". Guy can handle the ball like a point guard, mm-hmm. shoot the ball like Ray Allen. Like, it's crazy how freaking good this guy is, and he lived up to the hype. It was insane. These, are, these two guys are going to be the first and second pick in the Mark draft. Mark my words, microfracture. That is going to be gonna that's going to be the yeah. phrase associated with him most from his career. We'll, we'll see, man. But uh, I mean, this guy he looks like uh, Giannis, but with a jump shot. He doesn't look like Giannis. He's a monster, man. He's not a thick. He's going to be. He's going to. He's eighteen though. He's going to be. Th- Giannis wasn't thick at eighteen either. We'll see. Well, all right, we'll the, see. the guy. He looked like something else, man. Like, where'd this guy come from? I don't know where he came from, Mike. He's but he might be the France. future. He might be the future of basketball as we know it. He's from France. Future. Microfracture. No. Anyway, that was my last one. Liz what, Frank. What what, what what else you got? I got a couple more things real quick. Um, so I'm going camping this weekend. I may not be able to see all the games, you know, okay. well, maybe some late stuff on, on Sunday because we're coming back on that day. But um, we're heading out to a place called Fort Ebby. Um, we live in the state of Washington. And in the very upper left-hand corner of the state, we have something that's called the Strait of Juan de Fuca. It's a body of water that basically leads from the Pacific Ocean into the Puget Sound. And um, it runs across a part of the state that we call the Olympic Peninsula. Um, at, the, at the upper northeast corner of that Olympic Peninsula is a town called Port Townsend. And in that area, they have these old uh, pre-World War II forts with full batteries and bunkers and all this other stuff. So in Port Townsend, they have Fort Warden. And a little bit farther south... 
um, in front of the uh, mouth of the Puget Sound. They have a, of a fort called Fort Flagler across the water on Whidbey Island, um, which is east of Port Townsend. They have uh, Fort Casey and Fort Ebby. We're staying at Fort Ebby State Park on Whidbey Island. Um, this was essentially, you know, for you JFK fans, a triangular crossfire that was designed to prevent any ships during a World War II era from, from sailing into the Puget Sound. Puget Sound is where our major cities are in, the, in Washington. So we have Everett, Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia, where we are, all essentially north to south along the, the, the line of the Puget Sound. So it's, right. it's, it's a, where most of our population lives. It would be disastrous to several uh, shipping lanes and otherwise if, if somebody were to come in. Well, and those forts on, the, on Whidbey Island and, and those, uh, you know, Fort Flagler and all those places are so interesting because you can't see them from the water. Like, no. It looks like they're, if you were out in a boat, you wouldn't see it they're at all. They're so fun to hike. So we've gone yeah. to Fort Warden a few times. I've been I think to Fort it's the Casey bigger. a few times. Oh, have you? That's where the dock is for the ferry. Okay. You go from Townsend over to Fort Casey. Right, yeah. Um, so, you, like, to your point, they have them hidden in the hillside, right? And they have these bunkers. And you can go and hike around the bunkers. You can go inside them. And they go yeah. into the ground about three or four stories sometimes. And yeah, it's crazy. It's dark and creepy. And it, it's, a, it's, a real, it's really fun to hike around that. So I have never been to Fort Ebby, which okay. is the most northern fort, yeah, basically straight on either. down the, the – so we're, they have all of those things. So we're going to go down there and do some hiking and stuff like that. That'd be cool, man. Um, really interesting. Um, I like that area, like uh, hanging around these things. Apparently, um, they obviously were focused on um, preventing ships from coming in. Right. But as we kind of military warfare like evolved and it became more of a of an air attack situation early on in you know post World War II. Uh, we hadn't really had fully integrated jets across the world yet, so they had some some surface-to-air cannons and some radar installations. And then eventually, when you know jets were coming in, these forts became relatively obsolete. They didn't really put the surface-to-air missiles and stuff in there, um, so they didn't you know expect an attack to come specifically through that that area anymore. Right. So. Yeah, um, when I was like 12 years old, I think is when I went to Fort Casey with when I was in like the Boy Scouts or yeah. something. We camped out there and uh, got to like go into the fort and play um, like capture the flag or something. It was like the most epic game ever. Cause you're like yeah. actually play. It's like some. It's like a double. It's like Goldeneye, like 007. You're like running through these uh, like crazy. Military so I got a story complexes. about Goldeneye too. But so basically, we're hiking around these hundred year old relics yeah, that were designed fun, to kind of like uh, protect the the west coast of our country. So Sweet. so Goldeneye, um, they were in Puerto Rico. They had that. You remember that scene where in the large. Um, uh, satellite dish yeah uh, we went to Arecibo in Puerto Rico and that was one of the places that we visited was going to that observatory and oh, kind of cool. walking through that and kind of being out in front of that dish it was it they've closed it down since okay. it's kind of been battered by several hurricanes and right. stuff and they, they don't really do any scientific research there anymore um, so they kind of closed it's kind of was kind of degrading and but it was really just an amazing experience being out there that's cool, man. Speaking of uh, of James Bond stuff, it uh, I just saw Amazon Prime now has all the James Bond movies available yeah. on there, so I definitely will be might might dig back into a few of those. 
Well, we can have a James Bond conversation. Yeah. We can rank those guys maybe over the next couple of weeks. I want to yeah. rewatch Skyfall and um, No Time to Die. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. Uh, you got anything else? There? One more. Right. Um, this shit has been crazy. The L.A. policing is going through some major stuff, right? You know, we all know Daryl Gates, um, the police commissioner, you know, back in the eight. I think he's like the 60s, 70s, 80s. He basically it wasn't like his father was also. Yeah. So too, this guy uh, was created SWAT. He created kind of the military policing that that is kind of run rampant through throughout our, the country, our, throughout, throughout the country. Yeah. Um, these stop and frisks, these what they call Kansas City pullovers, where they essentially pull you over for the little, littlest infraction. And then they ask you a bunch of questions, you know, to to try to invoke some probable cause. Basically, every time you get pulled over, the cop goes, hey, where are you going? Where are you coming from? Yeah. Though all those questions, they don't really have, we don't have to answer those. And they're just trying to find shit out about you. So it's like all of these tactics. So this just, you know, obviously we know about the riots in in the 90s and the Watts riots in the 60s and kind of the, how everything, the the turmoil that's really been associated to the LAPD. Um, There's a story late that came out this week that I read where one cop had died related to injuries incurred. Uh, while in a police training session. Saw this. So this cop um, suffered massive lacerations to the head that were consistent with a beating. Um, uh, Was invest. He, the the guy that died, was actually investigating four other LAPD officers uh, being accused of a gang rape. At least one of the four officers that were being uh, accused in this gang rape were present at the training. The coroner at this point has ruled it an accident. So apparently it sounds like it was a, a, a bike training for, for police. And this guy ends up dead. And he's investigating four cops. It's, they're gangs. Yeah. There's no other way about it. Um, so that was one thing. And then recently, tens of thousands of protesters have entered into a class action lawsuit against the LAPD. Uh, for the use of excessive force in the BLM uh, protest back in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's an ongoing issue. And then this was the strangest thing. And now th- I'm really covering this at a high level. There's a lot of details to this that I haven't tried to dig into yet okay. because you start going down those rabbit holes and you'll be there for like three days trying to right. fit, um, piece this all together. But the highlight is uh, L.A. Sheriff's Department, so L.A. County, which is massive, L.A. City, and then L.A. is in L.A. County, which is obviously a lot bigger. There's stories of cop gangs. So each one of these um, L.A. Sheriff Department uh, offices, let's call it, each developed um, a a reputation of being a gang. So they would do the typical RICO stuff in the neighborhood they wouldn't be enforcers they do all the the criminal activity that goes around organized crime that each one of these branches would do this um they were being investigated by a citizen-based watchdog group uh the whole department uh last month the la um sheriff's department served uh search and seizure warrants against several of these watchdog groups. They basically came in, they took legal documents, material evidence, and computer servers Mm -hmm. for these watchdog groups. And um, they essentially 
took all of the evidence that people had amassed against them in some weird raid. So it's interesting. It will be interesting to see where this goes, but there's a lot of problems brewing in L.A. right now related to police and county sheriffs. Um, I don't imagine this is going to end well. So just can't, to, can't wait for keep the, an uh, eye on that. Can't wait for the six-part uh, HBO documentary series, uh, whatever series about that in a few years. Um, did I, you ever watch We Run the Town or whatever with uh, John Barenthal? And I think or We yes. Run the City. We Run the City. That was crazy, Fantastic. man. Anyway, yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah, wow, that's uh, that's you had some. I didn't know we were dealing with a Superman. <laughs> you had some, uh, you had some uh, real dark ones there, Mike. But I like it, man. This is uh, yeah, this, we're, we're diversifying, good, yeah. man. This is hell yeah. I, I just completed Severance. I'm not ready to like talk about that yet. We'll wait until next week. Okay. So. Um, we're just doing, um, we're just kind of watching some shows and digging yeah. in and I, I'd like to, I'm, uh, I'm trying to, I've been watching, uh, rewatching the Sopranos. I'm on mm. season two of that right now. So yeah, I've done that it's, like uh, three times already. Good. It's, so, it's yeah, good, man. Really good stuff. Way more racist than I thought it was in, in uh, 2000 or whatever when I was watching it originally. I think it's equally racist to what things are now. Yeah, just not in your, not in your television. It just wouldn't In fly. real life. Yeah, it wouldn't fly right now. <laughs> yeah, in real is. life, yeah. we're, we're that racist, but All not right. maybe in shows. All right, guys. Well, till next week, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys. Please like, rate, review, listen share all that good stuff uh helps with algorithms and uh you know yeah you can shoot us an uh email we're at line to gain show show at gmail at gmail.com um what's the website line to line gain .com. com yeah get at us we're Jer on instagram facebook all that good stuff jeremy with the time that i have left i'm gonna pod my way get my dollars up so when you go to cancel me or whatever the fuck you do, I'll be worth 10 times what I was worth when I got here. Okay. Till next week. <laughs>